AM 1600 KIVA and com. I'm Eddie Erg on the Rock with Rock of Talk out with me, Dr. William Summers. We are a live show here this week. Why are we live? We're so live. <laughs> We're still alive right here in the Kiva. 266-1600. That's 266-1600 here. Good morning, Dr. Summers. How are you? I am excellent. Better than good. My goodness, what a busy work week this was. And for you, what kind of week was it, Eddie? Uh, it was a good week. I can't complain. You know, uh, every every week I'm uh, happy to be above ground and fighting for the people of New Mexico. Whether it's on air, you know, online, anywhere we can do it. Uh, we tried to break into the government. They didn't let us, but uh, we gave it the old college try, Dr. Summers. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, when you think back in history, we have crossed this threshold before. I always like to think of the times of Charles I and uh, the uh, the grand remuneration, which we may get to in the history section today. But uh, we, we're we loaded for bear, but it's a call-in show. so It is. It's a call-in show. So 266-1600, the 266-1600 will open the phone lines here in just a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. I know that uh, you've been uh, waiting to speak to Dr. Summers. He is uh, also the creator of Memory Vitalizer and Life Imagined, which you can find at local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy in Berlin, Durant Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street. How about the Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest? You can go to Care Drug in Aztec. How about Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Doso? Or why not just go to memoryvitalizer.net online or lifelink.com or call direct for a very special package gift at 800-606-0192. That's 800-606-0192. Dr. Summers likes to kick off the week with some quotes and quips. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I like to pull things from famous minds of the past that have application to today. I mean, for example, our uh, current president and the uh, Marxist Democratic Party, uh, there's a quote from Mark Twain who said, sometimes I wonder whether the world is being run by smart people who are really putting this on or being run by demented imbeciles who really mean it. Mark Twain. And I would add that comment to our current president and the uh, Marxist Democrat Party, which seems to try to be destroying the country. <clears throat> At least all the moves I see go in that direction. Here's another one from Mark Twain that would apply to the BLM and, again, the Democrat Party, and that is anger is an acid that will do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything upon which it is poured. Ooh, I like that one. That's a good one. I'm going to use that one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the characteristics of people who have Marxist thinking is they're always angry. That's that's their hallmark, is they're always angry. And the BLM, every time I hear any quotes from those guys, they're always angry. And anger really, in the end, harms the vessel that they're stored in. In other words, the people who are angry than anything that they pour their vindictive out on. But wanted to remind people that uh, we had a de- declaration again this week from the dread Marxist Luhan Grisham. And um, 
we're supposed to be wearing our masks for the rest of our lives, isn't that it? Uh, at least, uh, well, if you only stay alive until 2025. So, yeah, that's, if that's the rest of your life, then there you go. <laughs> and that one reminds me of a great quote from Franz Kafka, who wrote a, a small short story called The Trial. He said famously, it is only because of their stupidity that they're able to be so sure of themselves, and that bears repeating. Yeah, every week it certainly does, uh, Dr. Summers. It's unbelievable because we're one of uh, five states that has an indoor mask mandate. Uh, we have a vaccination uh, mandate that they're trying to push through, and uh, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to keep doing it, especially when we made the... Uh, observation this week that the surrounding states have literally no deaths they might have 25 26 2700 infections a day whatever you know and uh they've got no deaths and one of the reasons is they're prescribing ivermectin prescribing hydroxychloroquine you cannot prescribe that generally here by most of the uh, hospitals uh, here in the state right and they intimidate you when you do uh prescribe it because you have to add a diagnosis and if you actually add the diagnosis of covid-19 the pharmacist has instructions from the board of pharmacy to not fill the prescription so you have to you know put down other diagnoses it's it's rather amazing thing so i want to repeat kafka's saying it's only because of their stupidity that they're so able to be so sure of themselves. And when we hear a phrase like following the science, that's the last thing they're doing, folks, the last thing. Well, we have a call-in show. Let's give out the we number. We do, 505-266-1600. Just remember, folks, in these troubled times. Yes, fear is a reaction. Fear is a reaction, but courage is a decision. And the purpose of this show, Dr. Summers here. Well, our purpose is to educate and to empower you, the listener. And we have some of the best listeners in this state, Eddie. They're fantastic. I mean, they bring me knowledge all the time. It's really a wonderful interchange with them. All right, so the phone lines are now open, 266-1600. That's 505-266-1600. Time to stump the doctor and uh, let him know that uh, you've got something that uh, you can challenge him on all right uh, caller you are first here in the kiva go ahead yeah uh ivermectin i've heard a lot about where can you research the science behind it that says that it's working ah fascinating i'm glad you bring the topic up uh there was an internet show um that uh, featured a dr campbell and uh, he did a very good job of describing what ivermectin does, and uh, Dr. John Campbell, you might uh, search for it. But okay. ivermectin, actually, the guy who came up with it received a Nobel Prize for it. And the mm -hmm. way it works, if I can take a minute of your time, uh, let's say you've got three pencils, and uh, we'll let those pencils be strings of amino acids. And what is the job of RNA? And remember, a virus is, frankly, a long piece of RNA. Once it gets in your cell, it starts producing strings of amino acids that can be made into proteins that can harm the heck out of you. But uh, what ivermectin does is the protein has to be clipped, and the virus provides a little pair of scissors that clips the protein, the uh, long string of amino acids in certain places. And the, uh, you know, the COVID-19 makes one called 3-CLP, which is 3-chymotrypsinase-like 
protease. And protease means it's like a, a set of scissors that clips the string of amino acids in a certain place. And when you give ivermectin, you put super glue on the pair of scissors, and so yeah. the virus can't clip the uh, string of, of amino acids it's making, and so it's sort of the amino acid just congeals on itself, and the virus is shut down. That's the way mm -hmm. it works. Does that? Do you get a good yeah. visual image of that? I can. And who, who was the uh, the Nobel Prize winner? Uh, well, I don't remember the name of the Nobel Prize it's winner. William, William, yeah, you know, it's William C. Campbell, just like you just said. Yeah. And it's uh, oh. Satoshi Amura back in 2015. Oh. And uh, if you go to NobelPrize.org, uh, and you can find the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for 2015, was awarded uh, at the Karolinska Institute and awarded okay. to both of them uh, on this. And there's a whole other uh, level of parasitic diseases uh, that ivermectin also cures, including malaria, elephantitis, river blindness. Uh, there's a, a wealth of information where you can find it directly uh -huh. from the publication that awarded him uh, this cure. And the uh, Pfizer, the new yeah. Pfizer drug, which they're going to call or nickname Pfizermectin, is based oh. on the same science. Okay. The difference is that, that's going to be very expensive, and ivermectin is pennies. Do they condone the use of ivermectin for COVID-19? Uh, India does. In fact, they've had no, wonderful no, experiences those, that saved millions and tens of millions of lives. Uh, however, no, uh, of, of course, the, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to, uh, Dr. Summers, I'm not sure if you can hear him very well, He's trying to suggest that does William Campbell, Satoshi Amura, to UU, uh, all who received a uh, piece of the Nobel Prize for all this, he's asking do they condone the use of ivermectin for the use of COVID-19? Yeah, I have yeah. no idea, but uh, I'm sure okay. they're quite pleased by it. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks for the information. Yes, sir. Thank you for the call. 550, or excuse me, 266-1600, that's 266-1600. If you don't mind me jumping in on this, because I know quite a little bit about this. Uh, so here's what Dowd and I did this week, uh, uh, Dr. Summers, I'm not sure. I, I thought the caller was a little bit disingenuous and smarmy. Uh, so, uh, caller, you didn't identify yourself, and you were trying to think, poke holes into this. Uh, and it's more of your liberal way that we get it. I certainly can characterize it from the tone in your voice as well, uh, which doesn't seem like a traditional, uh, excuse me, Kiva caller. We welcome you in here, but uh, to be disingenuous uh, without a point of your call, I think is quite rude. So here's what we found uh, this, this week, uh, Dr. Summers. New daily reported cases rose in New Mexico. And we don't know if we're at the Delta variant or COVID-19. We don't know what we're talking about anymore. I mean, notice the news organizations aren't doing it. New daily reported cases rose 24.6, which is the worst in the region. New daily reported deaths rose 12.5%, which is the second worst in the region. Okay, And the COVID-related hospitalizations rose 9.9%. Now, here's what's really interesting. In Arizona, where they're not doing any masking and they're not doing any mandatory vaccine, reported cases rose only 1.8%. Okay? Mm -hmm. In Oklahoma, they rose 8.3%. In Texas... 18, they fell 18.4%. In Utah, they rose 9.4%. So if you look at these numbers, there's no direct correlation. But here's where the separation really occurs, and it's in the newly uh, the new daily reported deaths. In each 
of the states where they prescribe both ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And uh, the smarmy guy who just called in is trying to get you to say, well, does the Nobel Prize actually mean anything? Do they condone it? Uh, William Campbell's like 80-something years old. The new daily reported deaths fell 14.3% in Arizona where you can prescribe it. In Oklahoma, it fell 19.2%. In Texas, it fell 16.2% deaths. And Utah also fell 30.8%. The two places where you don't prescribe either ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, it increased. That's Colorado and New Mexico. We read it from the Department of Health in Colorado. They rose, the deaths rose 36%. And in New Mexico, the deaths rose 12.5%. I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, the two state-run hospital systems and the Department of Health Board for both of the blue states in this region. Remember, we're talking about Arizona, Utah, Oklahoma, and Texas, all red states in the two blue states, Colorado and New Mexico. Deaths rose, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the... Uh, Under their careful management. There you go. <laughs> so uh, we touched on that uh, a little bit earlier this week. 266-1600, that's 266-1600. There's many stories, uh, by the way, of people who are picking up and leaving New Mexico to go get health care in either Arizona, Oklahoma, or New Mexico. Yeah, and uh, this week I I received a call from a person in in Arizona. Excuse me, I take it back. It's uh, in Arkansas. And they had lived here previously, and they listened to the station. They were so excited about your run for the mayor, they openly stated if you had won that, they were prepared to move back to New Mexico. That's how, uh, how much faith and hope you're giving folks, Eddie. I appreciate that. I think uh, what we've done to ourselves is absolutely criminal, and the attitude of the caller who called in uh, is, is, I think, is uh, illustrative of that. The COVID-19 report uh, this week, uh, Dr. Summers. Uh, yes, we do try to make that a regular feature. And the first thing is there's a law firm that uh, is actually looking out for our interest that uh, sued the CDC, the Communicable Disease uh, uh, Center in uh, Banny, Georgia, which is basically Atlanta. And they asked to see proof that uh, they had a case of someone who had previously had COVID and then became reinfected. You remember the lay press was pushing this, oh, if you've had the infection, you're going to get reinfected. So this law firm said, gee, we'd like to find out about that. So they asked politely, the CDC ended up having to sue them with the FOIA, uh, Freedom of Information Act, and it turns out the CDC does not have on record a single documented case of a person who had COVID-19 and got reinfected. And then, to take it a step further, infected somebody else. So, frankly, folks, if you've had your COVID-19 and you document that, you've got as good an immunity as you can get. Uh, and then when you start looking at the peer review studies, of which there are several in the literature, natural immunity gives very nearly 100% protection from having COVID-19. And this immunity does not wane. There was a 2003 paper where they picked out survivors of the 1918 flu and they still had antibodies to the 1918 flu 90 years later. So if you get the real deal, you've got better protection than the vaccines. Furthermore, that protection lasts, and you don't have to get a booster shot or a booster infection within a week or two or a month. 
I mean, how many booster shots are they pushing? We're at three now. And uh, the (laughs) idiocy of the entire thing is that uh, they are mandating vaccines, even for those people who had COVID-19. Let me just tell you how incredibly stupid that is. Okay? For all of you listening out there, it is the stupidest (laughs) thing that you could possibly do. Uh, 266-1600, call you in the Kiva for Dr. Summers. Go ahead. Hello. I had a question about... uh is there a gastrointestinal component to this uh, D variant that's going around? One of the TV doctors mentioned that he'd seen a lot of gastrointestinal issues, I, I guess to the exclusion of other symptoms. So uh, is, is there any truth to that? Great question. Uh, on my examination of this virus, it doesn't have a brain. It's kind of stupid. So once it lands in the back of your throat, it supposedly, according to plan, is supposed to go down the uh, uh, trachea into the lungs and create havoc. But because it's a rather dumb virus, sometimes it gets lost and it goes down the esophagus into the gut. And when that happens, the symptoms people report to me is, along with their fever, sore throat, etc., they'll get nausea to the point of even throwing up. But the main thing they get is loose stools and a lot of them. So the virus is then infesting the bowel, and you have to worry about uh, does it get access to the bloodstream because once this virus gets in the bloodstream, it can create an awful lot of mischief, and you better have some hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin on board. Yes, sir, I hope that helps. Well, I did have one additional point to make. Uh, How long would it persist? I've had persistent uh, diarrhea for about four months, loose stools, but no other headache or other symptoms. I've asked uh, my provider to give me an antibody test to see if I'm fighting it. I haven't had a COVID test. And I don't know what it would do in my bloodstream since I'm on a, uh, a blood thinner, 15 milligrams Xarelto. So that may have a preemptive effect. Like I also take zinc and D3, and I've heard uh, I can't take aspirin, but that would only be duplicating the effect of the Xarelto. Exactly. So, uh, could I could I be walking around fighting COVID intestinally without having any other symptoms? You know, that's a great question, and I don't have a good answer to it. We'll have to ring the bell or stump the doctor, but let me speculate just a little bit. Uh, yes, indeed, it is certainly possible that uh, you are, you know, continuing to fight the virus at the bowel level. And, uh, you know, I would suggest that uh, you could probably just go into a lab and ask them to do an antibody test and uh, try to establish that. Um, Thank you very much. Okay, I hope that helps, sir. All right, so very good. Uh, 266-1600. One other thing I would add, and that is uh, oil of oregano comes in a capsule. In his case, I would suggest oil of oregano by capsule uh, to see if you can straighten out the GI issue. And we could, uh, a topic I'd prepared for the day is fenugreek. You could add that as an antiseptic that might help straighten things out. All right, Dr. Summers, I know that uh, there's been some adverse effects reported for COVID uh, vaccines. I'd love to get on that, but we got a few more callers uh, first because people sure. want to know about that. Caller, you're in the Kiva for Dr. William Summers. Hi. Um, I wanted to know uh, people that survived COVID, 
what, what would you recommend? If you survive COVID? Yeah, if you already had it, like, what would it be, like, you know, if, if you're worried about your health, uh, what would, what would, uh, what would, what would the doctor recommend? I recommend, uh, right out of uh, Star Trek, uh, live long and prosper, and congratulations on your excellent, uh, immunity. Uh, you are a survivor and you are stronger for it. So go on with okay. life. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't worry about anything. No. Well, what, what would you worry about? I mean, seriously. You, you, uh, not, you, you, it's 99.5% of the people survived it. And it's really not as big of a deal as, I mean, it's an upper respiratory infection that we haven't dis- discovered. Are you planning on taking the vaccine? Is your rep- employer requiring uh, you to take the vaccine? Um, <laughs> not, I'm not going to take it. Um, Good. It's, uh, it's, still, uh, it's still in the, what's it called? It's still in the works, I guess. Yeah, it is. I- there you go. Well, let me, let me add one other point. Um, if you were to take the vaccine on top of your natural immunity, you're at a much higher risk of having a severe adverse effect due to the vaccine. And uh, let me go forward just a little bit and uh, speak to the issue of how dangerous are these vaccines. Well, your government is not keeping you appraised as to exactly how dangerous these things are. Uh, they are 70 uh, 70 different vaccines of different types, like everything from uh, rabies to all kinds of smallpox, etc. And of the 70 known vaccines that we offer, this is the most dangerous set of vaccines in the history of vaccines, period. In fact, uh, compared to the smallpox uh, vaccine, I've seen the number... It's 800 times more deadly in its side effects than the smallpox vaccine vaccination. Wow. So I would uh, recommend yeah. against taking a vaccine once you've survived COVID-19. Yeah, I, it just doesn't sit right with me. Uh, what's it called? I think the, before this, the N1H1 was the fastest vaccine made, and I think that even took four years to develop. And if all the other ones are like, what, 10 years? Yeah, 10 years it takes... Right. The development, uh, indeed, Mr. Trump was able to pull this off at warp speed, but things done rapidly are going to have adverse problems. They'll work it out eventually, but I wish they'd be a little more honest about reporting the side effects so that we can make more measured decisions on its use. Anyway, thank you uh, for your call, sir. I appreciate you. Uh, can I add one more thing? Yes, sir. Um, for the last caller, um, I I found an antibody test at the Smith Food and Drug. Uh, I found it at the at the one on Wyoming and uh, oh yeah, the uh, self test at home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I came in positive for the for the after a year actually I, I came out po- uh, positive for uh, antibodies. So you know something to think about. <laughs> yeah, if you can't it. get your doctor to write it. Seize the day, carpe diem, and uh, do it yourself. Cool. I appreciate you. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you for calling and listening, of course. That's a smart guy right there. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, got, he's done he's everything. And, uh, <laughs> he knows how long it takes for a vaccine to actually develop. Uh, we're going to get a side of a vaccine in a sec, but can we 
have a better understanding just here for a moment, Dr. Summers, on why it takes that amount of time. I mean, we need to isolate thirty to 40,000 parts or pieces of the vaccine, uh, or excuse me, of the actual COVID-19 infection in order to develop this. We had done at the time of the first inception. Of Probably 3,000. Yeah, well, they said 30 to 40, actually. Yeah, 30 to 40 um, pieces. That's we had small fragments of the uh, of the virus. I don't think anybody's got the entire genome of this virus that yeah. I've run across. So until that happens, I mean, there's no sense in taking the virus. I mean, the vaccine and the viral load that gets injected into your body is a modification, as you stated, of the DNA. We got more calls coming in. Caller, you're in the Kiva for Doctor Summers. Go ahead. Hello. Yes, caller, you're in there for the Kiva. Go ahead for Dr. Summers. Go ahead. I don't know. Boy, what's your question? question. <laughs> that there was so so anyway, they they only have a small amount that has uh, been isolated, so you can't develop a full-blown vaccine, Dr. Summers. Yeah, and uh, again, there were a group of virologists from different universities that were pushing the CDC for the full genome, and they still don't have it. So how do you adequately make a vaccine if you've only got part of the bug that you're trying to treat? Yep, precisely. All right, so uh, you said this is a uh, pretty uh, dangerous uh, vaccine, a, da- a vaccine, quote-unquote vaccine, even though we know it's uh, mRNA uh, gene it's therapy. genetic modification. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where okay, let's talk about some health hacks while we wait for some more phone calls. At 266-1600, Dr. Summers got some health hacks to get you through your life. Well, with the holidays coming, there's nothing better than serving up some fresh homemade bread at Thanksgiving or in the uh, Yuletide uh, festivities. But the question is, how do you keep your bread fresh longer? And the first thing is you get these great breads from some of the grocery stores that are really uh, sort of put into the holiday spirit. Take it home, cut it up into sections, and freeze it almost immediately, as quickly as you can. Because if you put it in the refrigerator, it goes stale faster. So how do you keep it otherwise ready to go? First thing is you keep your bread out of sunlight. That's not a good thing. Second thing is linen cloth bags, bread bags, which you can get at Amazon. Uh, those allow breathing, and they keep the bread from drying uh, for a much longer period of time. And if you wash your uh, linen cloth bread bags, you can recycle them and keep your bread fresh much, much longer. Now, a lot of times when you pick up bread, they will have it in a paper bag. That helps it for about two days. But the uh, linen cloth actually is the best way to go. And, uh, of course, cutting it up and uh, keeping around how much you're going to eat. But let's say you let the bread go stale and it isn't moldy. How Can you revive it? And the answer is yes, you can. What you do is you take the bread and you either dip it in water or you put it under running water and rinse it lightly. And then you can stick it into the oven and heat it at uh, about uh, 280, 300 uh, temperature for 5 or 10 minutes. And you will 
reconstitute the bread and make it fresh, or you can stick it into the microwave for about 20 seconds after dipping it in water, and you get your bread back. So that is a little health hack for the holidays there. Okay. Let me move along then. We have a new... Oh, we got a couple of calls, Dr. Summers? Sure. One second. Let's go for it. All right. Uh, 266-1600, if you want to go ahead and call in. We're not doing it at the 505-550-5500. It's 266-1600 this afternoon. 266-1600. Caller, you're in the Kiva for Dr. Summers. Hello. Yo, good Hi. afternoon. Hi. I'll preface this by telling you that I don't have a computer, but I... Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your Facebook can't get you. <laughs> yeah, right. I just heard the other day on Biz TV from Twilight Breeze, if you know who she is, um, that you can get from India, takes three weeks, a thousand twelve milligram pills of ivermectin, and here you can only get three milligram for $200. So... Without a, without a computer, I wonder how I can get that. You go to the library, I suppose, and, uh, you know, look it up on the library. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. I know uh, a, a Canadian pharmacy has you buy it in lots of 100, and uh, that would be the, uh, the ever-popular 3-milligram size. The dose is 12 milligrams once a week. Uh, ivermectin has a very complex molecule, incidentally, and it has a very long half-life, so you only need to take 12 milligrams per week. I know that the uh, frontline doctors use 27 milligrams more frequently every day, but uh, I believe the literature would support that just 12 milligrams a week is protective and therapeutic at the same time. I hope that answers, ma'am. Well, I would just want to keep it on hand for just in case. Yeah, that's a good thing. But, again, uh, this bug is going to get to all of us at one point or another. So my advice is, frankly, if you've got somebody who's a friend who's got it, run over to their house, have them cough on you, and thank them very kindly because it isn't that hard to treat. So you'd say that 12 milligrams is too much? or No, that's, uh, that's fine. That's the typical dose, 12 milligrams once a week. Once a week, even if you don't have any symptoms. Yeah, that would be a preventative, or you can actually actively treat it as well. Because, again, what it does is it goes in and disables the ability of the virus to replicate itself. And it does that for a week. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Thank it. you for listening, and we appreciate it. Caller, you're in the Kiva for Dr. William Summers. Hi, am I on? You're on. Oh, thanks. Say, I, um, I'm interested about that last caller, but I did send away through River Pharmacy and got um, a package of, I think it's 10 pills, ivermectin pills. So, and I'm glad, I just, I'm glad to hear you say what to do with them because I didn't know. I have a home test kit that I bought at Walgreens. I'm an extremely healthy person. I haven't even had a cold for five years. So I guess if I ever feel like I'm getting this thing, I... What would I, I mean, is it just a fever? How do you know? Well, let me kind of walk through my story, and that is that 
I spent a Saturday with a friend who then called me Sunday uh, early in the afternoon and said, Hey, I just tested positive for COVID. Sorry about coughing your way. I, I thanked him very kindly. Later on uh, that afternoon, the early evening, I had a fever. And uh, I felt like heck. Uh, and a lot of myalgia, that's muscle aches, took two Tylenol. I used oil of oregano under the tongue, took two drops under the tongue, went to bed. And the next day, ran out, got hydroxychloroquine, and that's my story. Uh, and, of course, tested positive, but uh, that's my story for COVID-19. Now, another person very close to me uh, doesn't like the taste of oil of oregano and uh, didn't uh, actually start taking the hydroxychloroquine for five days. She lost an entire month of her life sort of bedridden and uh, feeling crappy. So the trick is get to it very, very quickly and uh, jump on it. So if you get it, uh, start your ivermectin immediately. And again, I usually suggest uh, sublingual uh, oil of oregano. It's uh, remarkably potent. In fact, I saw two brothers this last week, uh, athletic-type guys that do a lot of mountain biking, and they'd been out together and they caught it and uh, they uh, started the oil of oregano and they ended up treating it just with oil of oregano or doing well at uh, 10 days. So there are different approaches. I hope that helps. So. It does. Thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. Thank you Bye. for calling and for listening. Caller, you're in the Kiva for Dr. Summers. Hello. Yes, Caller, you're in the Kiva, live with Dr. Summers. Go ahead. Yeah. Hello, uh, I, I've been wanting to call um, Mr. Aragon. I'm uh, saddened by the fact that you didn't get uh, elected because we actually do need people like you in, in, in public service. Thank the you. reason why I'm calling is because I just heard just because uh, I'm listening to your station and, and, and I do so every every weekend. And I heard Dr. Summers say that it's unlikely. Oops. Hello. Yep, I'm I'm listening, sir. Uh, Your uh, question. I, I, I just had I just had to turn my uh, my alarm off. I, I just heard uh, Doctor Summer say that if you've con uh, contracted uh, the virus, which I do believe that I did, uh, April fifth of uh, twenty twenty, simply because I hardly ever hardly ever do I get sick like that, and they laid me off like about two weeks. So I never thought that I would contractors again, and I think Dr. Summers said that once you've uh, overcome the virus once, you can't get it twice, and about two or three weeks ago, I think I actually went through the same process again, because the feelings were very much the same thing, and and, and that's what I wanted to say. Okay, yeah, and uh, here in Albuquerque, we get about three cycles of different viruses that float through the area. In the uh, early part of the year, February, March, we get the traditional um, influenza virus, which is also an RNA virus. In the summer, we get uh, sort of a GI type of thing, neurovirus, that sort of thing. And so you get a lot of uh, GI symptomatology, nausea, vomiting, uh, loose stools, etc., and fever and muscle aches. And in the fall, we usually get an RSV, that's respiratory syncytial virus, that floats through. And the RSV can imitate your COVID-19, right down to taking out taste and smell. 
And I did see some evidence, uh, certainly to my mind, in uh, October and uh, late September of this year of seeing the typical RSV coming through. So maybe what happened in your case, sir, is you got RSV or your initial infection was not COVID-19. I would suggest you pick up one of those uh, antibody tests that uh, an earlier caller mentioned that are available in the pharmacies and see if you've got antibodies to COVID-19. I'll add an additional caution is there are some false negatives in those tests. So if you're pretty uh, strong and feeling it was COVID-19, repeat the test. Because remember, folks, and this is a piece of wisdom, the most common cause of an abnormal laboratory value is an abnormal laboratory, not an abnormal patient. Anyway... Just a little piece of old doc's wisdom here. All right, <laughs> moving along. <laughs> Thank you. All right, thanks for the phone call and thanks for the well wishes and thanks for voting for me as well. That was very nice. Uh, five, excuse me, two six six sixteen hundred. Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Oh hi, yes, uh, doctor. I'm I'm wondering if um, your primary care doctor, mine, will not prescribe either ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, and you come down with the symptoms, how am I going to be able to get that stuff? Okay. Uh, sad to say, I'm going to guess that your primary care doctor is a government care doctor. They would say an HMO doc. <clears throat> that would be my guess. Yes. Because those are the people that are instructed to not prescribe. So you're going to be uh, stuck with uh, going to the Internet and looking at these various sources to get it. There's some people who uh, go to animal feed stores and will get your ivermectin from horses. But remember, horses are bigger than people. So you have to figure out a dosage that's a little more appropriate. Incidentally, the rumor that people were dying from taking uh, horse-intended ivermectin is, uh, as far as I can tell it, that's all baloney. I don't think there are any real cases. Can I ask you another quick question? Quick one, sure, sir. Yes. What do you recommend for rosacea? I've been suffering from it for years, and they give me that um, metronidazole cream, but that doesn't seem to do very much help. Is there something better than that? Well, I mean, there are a number of things that are said to be helpful, including uh, oatmeal uh, mask. I presume it's in the cheeks and that sort of area. Uh, I saw a case the other day, and actually ivermectin is said to be helpful for rosacea. Could so, I get a prescription for that? Because I do have rosacea. Yeah, maybe what you do is go back to that PCP and say, hey, I want ivermectin, but I want it for my rosacea. And okay. again, the dose is the same, 12 milligrams once a week. And if it's going to work, you know, within a week or 10 days. But uh, sort of, again, a home remedy type thing. Tea tree oil is said to be effective. In fact, if you look at uh, some rosacea preparations online, they'll contain tea tree oil. And I've uh, recommended to one patient recently that they try some of the inexpensive oil of oregano, the stuff that you might buy at a local health food store that's off-brand, such as the one made by NOW. <coughs> and you never want to put that stuff in your mouth. If you do, you'll only do it once in a lifetime. That stuff's pretty awful. Uh, but it is good for putting on skin. So that's yet another possibility. Try them out and mix and match and see what works. Oh, thank you so much, Doctor. Yes, sir. hope that helps. 
Okay. Call, you're in the queue for Dr. Summers. 266-1600. That's 505-266-1600. Go ahead. Yes. Hi, doctor. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just had a couple of uh, real quick questions. Uh, so you, the oil of oregano that you take is uh, obviously a milder, um, a less astringent or, you know, um, pleasant, and you can put it a sublingual. And how do you, what is that brand, do you know? Yeah, it's a North American herb that's a company out of Chicago. I've been using it for 20 years. They make a couple of different strengths and a couple of different formulas. But I'd like to just straightforward what's called physician strength, the oil of oregano. And uh, I find that that's quite potent. And uh, the regular strength made by them is uh, available at uh, places like Sprouts and uh, Moses Country Health Store, etc., They'll carry the regular strength. The regular strength, they say, put four drops under the tongue. The physician strength, we usually use two. Now, if I get an infection of some sort, whatever is floating through the community, it's two drops under the tongue, Tylenol for the fever and the aches. I go to bed. Next day, I wake up. I'll use the oil of oregano two or three times under the tongue the next day and maybe even the day after that till I'm back to... Um, feeling totally at full strength and running around doing my daily stuff. Uh, it is a very potent antiseptic, uh, so I, I hope that helps, sir. Sure, okay, uh, yes. Um, well, I bought the stuff at Sprouts, the uh, oil of oregano. If it's and the tell- North American herb, it works pretty well. Well, well uh, this stuff, though, is it just burns. Oh, no, if you it. bought the off-brand, like the oh, Sprouts no, brand. Oh, this no, that's the good stuff. I'm telling you right now. Look, look, Dr. Summers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I clear out the shelves. I know it burns, but you know what? It ain't. If it ain't burning, it ain't working in my book. That's the way I see it. You know, and if it ain't oh. hot, it ain't chilly. So, <laughs> oh, okay. You know, sound, sound, yeah. sound off a little bit there, and I think you'll be okay. Just, you know. Oh. Okay, great. Now, and, and one more question. Uh, er, initially, towards the beginning of your uh, show, uh, you mentioned a uh, Dr. John Temple, was it? And, and the, it's an online video that you can... Yeah, John talks about Campbell. Right? John Campbell. Oh, oh, and he's speaking oh. about William Campbell, the uh, uh, Nobel Prize winner for the uh, discovery of ivermectin. Uh, oh, but wow. he, he walks through in a very simplistic fashion... Exactly how the drug works. I found that most helpful. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Okay. Thank you for listening, sir. Okay. Okay. My I golly, just did four we're drops. We're out disease here today. <coughs> this is I just did four drops, by the way. I just want to let you know. Oh, my. <laughs> if you don't put hair on your chest, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm staying safe. I got my OSHA on top of that, on top of the tongue, oil of oregano, on bottom of the tongue. I don't care if it burns. You know, uh, the, the North American herb, they get their oregano as wild-grown in eastern Turkey uh, on basically the foothills of the Hindu Kush. And, uh, but oregano is oregano is oregano, but I think they probably have a pretty good, pretty good uh, knowledge of it. They've been making it for probably 30 years now. All right, Dr. Summers, you uh, ready for more phone calls? Yes, sir. Or, uh, go ahead. One more time. Hi, Dr. Summers. Go ahead. Call. Oh, Danelle, how are you? Thanks for calling oh, hi. in. Oh, no. Um, anyway, I was hoping Dr. Summers could help me out. I'm starting to get a sinus infection, 
And a friend of mine had one and presented at Presbyterian Urgent Care, but because she refused to get the COVID test, uh, they wouldn't treat her. So I'm calling to see about getting something natural because I've really got some pressure in my head, and I've got to carry my dog up and down the stairs because she's got bone cancer. And you know when you've got pressure in the head, you want to stay low to the ground. So mm-hmm. I don't want to get to that point. So if you could help me out with something, that would be terrific. Yeah, two things I use. Uh, first is colloidal silver, which you can buy at most health food stores. Take a dropper full of that a couple times a day. Add to that the oil of oregano under the tongue, and it's a liquid. Okay. Uh, okay. Between those two, you pretty much get it. But if you want to expand beyond that, fenugreek tea would be helpful, and even uh, dandelion tea. But I think the dandelion season is over. <laughs> but you run out and get some dandelion leaf in the front yard in the spring and uh, make it into a tea. Those all have antiseptic properties, and what I'm doing is giving you the magic formula to make it go systemic so that it gets up to the sinuses. Hope that helps. And, uh, you know, the nanny pots and all that stuff, uh, you might end up getting to that. A lot of people will use Flonase and steroids, and unfortunately what that does is set up chronic infections. So I would uh, go after it aggressively that way. Then add some sort of drying agent, such as chlorotrimeton, which comes in a 4-milligram size that you can find at the bottom of the shelf hidden away because it's an old, inexpensive drug, chlorotrimeton. Walgreens has it, and uh, you add that for a couple of days to everything else. You dry up the sinuses, and you make its environment filled with antiseptics, and you pretty much got a grip on it. I hope that helps. Thank you for listening. Thank you. I appreciate your help. Have a great day. Yeah, thank Thanks you, Janelle. Janelle. Thank you very much. Caller, you were in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah. Good afternoon, Doctor. Uh, I uh, got the call, I believe, uh, the week after uh, Christmas last year. That would and, be a uh, typical wave, uh, November, December of last year. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, I had a knee operation, uh, a knee replacement, on September 17th. And the week after that, I got a horrible taste and horrible smell. Uh, I managed to finally get into an ENT doctor. And he gave me a couple of drugs and a nasal. Uh, didn't help much at all, if any. And uh, he's refusing to have me come back in because he said he, I was told that there was nothing else I could do. I've made another appointment for another ENT doctor. That won't be till the end of January. Uh, and the purpose for the ENT doctor is not your knees. What is it? Sinusitis. No, no. no it was for my uh, 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 horrible taste and smell. I, I, oh. I can't eat. I lost twenty-two pounds. Oh, congratulations! Uh, well, that's not the way you want to lose weight. No, but uh, frankly, there are a lot of ladies in the uh, listening audience that are jealous of you. And I would include myself. I wouldn't mind that. (laughs) All right, so you lost taste and smell, but can you pinpoint why? Was it after the anesthesia and the knee operation or what? Well, it was a week later after that. Okay. Uh, I called my uh, uh, operating team, and they said, no, uh, nothing they did could have caused it. Yeah. But um, but it's not just a loss. It's, It's a bad taste. Right. Yeah, they call it dysgeusia. 
In other words, it's weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, were you taking zinc by any chance in that period of time? Uh, I was taking zinc before the operation. Right. Uh, and was the zinc in excess of 30 milligrams a day? Uh, I think it was 50. 50 or sometimes 100. The zinc itself can precipitate out the uh, the proteins in the taste buds and create what you're talking about. Once it does that, it takes the body uh, three to six months, sometimes nine months, to repair the damage. So, frankly, September, here we are in November, you're going to have to do a little waiting. In the meantime, know that all the women around you are jealous as heck of you. So should I stop taking any zinc at all? I would stop the zinc and allow them to, the trace buds to recover. Okay. All right, yeah, I, I, I've made another appointment with the EMT doctor, but I was so surprised that this one wouldn't take me back in for a follow-up that there's nothing I can do. You know, I wanted to get a refill on the prescription, and uh, they wouldn't do that either. So. It's kind of funny. Uh, I grew up uh, fairly close to the Ozarks, and there was sort of a country expression. So the doctor was being uppity, huh? Yeah. Well, I didn't actually talk to him. Uh, it was one of his team members uh, 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 told me that uh, uh, I had already made an appointment with him on the 28th of, of next month, and they called me and said that the doctor had canceled it. There was nothing else he could do. Uh, and they wouldn't refill the, uh, the prescription, uh, and, and that was it. Yeah. Now, I'm, seeing, I, I'm even seeing an acupuncturist uh, trying to find a, a cure for this because no, I don't I mean, think there's a cure other than time. And time, what you huh? need to do is just trust your body. You will okay. regenerate those. I mean, first cranial nerve is a very, very important part of our bodily functions. And mm-hmm. the body will regenerate it. Just give it time. Just stop okay. insulting it with more zinc. Okay. I've also been uh, brushing my tongue and, and my throat as much as I can. Uh, to get rid of the taste, mm-hmm. and I'm also still taking a what what you can do is uh, with that is get fenugreek, F-E-N-U-G-R-E-E-K. It actually comes in a little nut, or sometimes you can get the leaves, but uh, or sometimes you can get tea bags with fenugreek in it. Start drinking a little bit of fenugreek tea, and I think you'll find it'll help that. Give me a sore spelling on that again, sir. F-E-N-U-G-R-E-E-K. It's actually right. a common spice in India and the Middle East. All right, so I would get that at a, a spice store of some sort? or uh, Most health food stores will carry it. I'm sure oh, okay. that the guys down at Moses Country Health Food Store on 4th Street will have it. And, uh, you know, up in the mountains, uh, we have the village of Pocketheory. But okay. uh, most health food stores that have knowledgeable uh, stock will carry fenugreek. And perhaps fenugreek tea leaves, you know, little bags like Lipton tea. All right, you give me encouragement. Yeah, give it time. Don't don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. It'll okay. be okay. You just got to give it time. Quit insulting it with the zinc, though. Okay. All right, and, I hope uh, that Eddie, helps, sir. Thank you for listening. Eddie, Eddie we miss you. Oh, I'm uh, here. I'm here. I'm right here. I'm on 47 oh, every day. Oh. 
As mayor, so I know I listen to you every day. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. So what's your name? My name is Tom. Spelled out? Tom, T-O-M. Oh, Tom. Okay, Tom. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. All right. Uh, call you in the Kiva for Dr. Summers. Hi, uh, Dr. Summers. Uh, I wanted to be clear. Uh, if we come down with this a uh, couple drops of the uh, oil of oregano right away, uh, and then an ivermectin as soon as possible, once per week, 12 milligrams. And then the hydroxychloroquine, is that about 200 milligrams the first day, or do you wait till the second day? No, you Can jump you... on board with the hydroxy, pardon my interruption, but the sure. hydroxychloroquine as soon as you can. Uh, okay. It only comes in one flavor, and that's the 200 milligram size. The proper dose is three of them, that is 600 milligrams on day one when you start it. After okay. that, it's one tablet, uh, 200 milligrams twice a day. Best to space it out is breakfast and dinner. That's about 12 hours apart. Now, how does the hydroxychloroquine work? I always like to, when I can, try to visualize the medicine at the cellular level. And the way it works is, is, it reaches around the environment, grabs onto any zinc that's in the neighborhood, and pulls it inside the cell. Once it's inside the cell itself, it seals that cell off from the virus getting into it. Or if you raise the zinc level and the virus is already in the cell, it deprives the virus from the ability to grab up your RNA mechanism to make its evil proteins and it uh, does not allow the virus to replicate. That's how hydroxychloroquine works. So you want to catch it early. That's the point. I hope that okay. helps, sir. Thank yeah, you for and calling. Is, is the ivermectin extra, uh, or just skip that? If you're at a high risk, if you're an older person with some health issues, an obese I'm going to go with both agents, both the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. But okay. if you're a 20-year-old and pretty healthy, I'm just going to stick with one or the other, whichever I can get my hands on. And I am older, um, and I, d I don't, uh, I mean, we can't diagnose on the phone, but any major contraindications with uh, hydroxychloroquine usage? Not really. Uh, of course, if you're allergic to it, uh, but how do you know? Well, if you drink quinine water and you have a bad reaction, then uh, you might have a problem with a hydroxychloroquine. So far, okay. I've not seen any adverse uh, allergic reactions to ivermectin, but it is a large and complex molecule, so I would imagine it's possible. So you, you bounce back in a few days. Uh, probably when you start feeling better, you just suspend usage of the hydroxychloroquine actually i ran the hydroxychloroquine for about five days on top of the oil of oregano but okay. i'm a workaholic so um i didn't all i lost was going to bed two hours early but that's typically my response to whatever i would get out when as i go through nursing homes and hospitals and even kindergartens and pick up infections um uh, mm. I try to minimize it by immediately jumping on it. Uh-huh. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate uh, your being on the radio. I appreciate Eddie's station, so thank you. Uh, okay. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. All wow. right.
By the way, you can get your memory revitalizer at Life Imagine at local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy in Berlin, Durant Central Pharmacy, Sam's Region Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, the Village Club Apothecary in Cedar Crest. You get a care drug in Aztec and Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Doso, New Mexico. How about getting to memoryvitalizer.net, lifelink.com, or order direct at 800 606 That's 800 606 Dr. Summers, one more phone call here Perfect. for you. I, I love mean, it. Uh, you you are buried in phone calls today, sir. I we've like literally to be got to service, not, really we've do. literally got to none of your uh, show notes. So save that's those okay. save that's, those for, next, for week. next week. Yeah, we'll do that for next week. Final phone call to wrap the show uh, here in the Kiva. Uh, caller, you are in the Kiva for Dr. Summers. Go ahead. Oh, hi, Dr. Summers. Uh, you know, just a little while ago, I kind of freaked out. I was looking at my tongue in the mirror, and it was cut black, and I was trying to think, what the heck could have done that? I uh, tried some, uh, they call business um, soap salicite uh, for upset stomach. Pepto-bismol. Yeah, and I, I had it, you know, like the tablet on my tongue last night. Would that have made my tongue look black? <laughs> Absolutely, and if you look at the other end when you have a stool, that will probably be black as well. Yeah, I noticed that, too. Yeah, bismuth, when exposed to oxygen, is black. Oh, I kind of freaked out when I looked at my tongue. It was black. I thought, damn, what the heck have we got here? <laughs> black tongue. Oh, it's from that, <laughs> the that black bismuth. Tongue. We'll, we'll have to give it a Latin name, Blackest Tungus. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I feel better now. Thank you. Oh, right. So I have a funny story about that. My dad walked into my room when I was a kid. I don't know. I was like 17, 18 years of age, and... He walks in and he comes in, Doctor Summers, to the you know my room, and he says, "Eddie, Eddie, is there's something wrong? My my tongue is black. You know, there's something really wrong. I don't feel good." And you know, he was like freaking out, like you know, it was it was visible. He was shaken, and I said, "I don't I don't know, Dad. You know, and we didn't have the internet, WebMD, none of that kind of stuff at that point. You know, to really look at any of that." And I'm like. You might have thought it was it. the black plague, right? Yeah, he may have thought it could have been anything, but his tongue was really black. And so we went to the emergency room, and at that point, it was kind of a strange thing. They actually admitted him, as you can believe, back in the day, into the emergency room, and we were sitting there for like five hours before they Sticking did... his tongue out of Yeah, everybody. before they did an evaluation. And here's this guy who's freaking out about, you know, all these things that could have gone wrong. I'm like, um, honestly... Uh, <laughs> Did you take Pepto-Bismol? Finally, a doctor came in like five hours later. We got there at four. We left at nine. It's like, yeah, that's all this is. But they made us go through all the paperwork, everything, you know. So thank God we live in a modern day uh, and age of medicine where people don't have to freak out about some stuff that's happening to them. Let's talk about the Black Plague for a millisecond. Okay, sure. How did it get the name the Black Plague? The answer is, is that... It's you know what's interesting is it's incredible if it's it's just like this COVID nineteen if you catch it in time just about any antibiotic on the planet will kill it <clears throat> tetracycline you name it if however you don't get to it before it becomes systemic what the black plague does yep. is it basically shuts down vasculature in a compartment and so you'll see. Your toes turn black, then your foot turns black, then your leg turns black, and then your torso turns black, and then you're called dead. 
And that's how it got the name the Black Plague, because it shuts down vasculature and leads to a deep blue-black color, hence the Black Plague. Dr. Summers, are you taking any more patients? Uh, we're, we're pretty full up. You're totally <laughs> full, aren't you? Yes, I think so. You are completely full. I just want to say uh, thank you for being on the radio station. I cannot tell you the number of compliments I get about people who go to see you and uh, who tell me that you are their doctor and you would, they would see nobody else and how much they love you as their physician. So uh, it is amazing, Dr. Summers, the amount of work you're doing for your you know small crew of clients that you've got here from uh, by advertising here in the in the Kiva. And i got to tell you, that word of mouth has really traveled. And, you know, you've built yourself a, a pretty small, uh, 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 very burgeoning practice, I think, on that. And i got to say, I, I appreciate you And it's a lot of fun. It's a you, lot of you've fun. You've done so much, not just from your radio show, but for the friends and people who have gone out to see you. And uh, you're saving lives. You really are. You're helping people throughout. So... If you might, and you're looking for some advice and any information, whatever you can do to get from uh, Dr. Summers, all you have to do is listen every Saturday at 11.45, roughly, 11.45, 12 p.m. Listen to Dr. William Summers, Life Imagine, Memory Revitalizer. Pick up his product. And, uh, folks, we appreciate you uh, so much for supporting him, uh, this radio station, and all those nice comments we had. Look at all the nice comments of people like, hey, we wish you were running, you know. I appreciate that, too. All right, folks. We'll see you bright and early, 4 p.m. on Monday. Stay tuned. Jeffrey Candelaria is next. Uh, I apologize for the rerun last week, but we're going to take care of that. And uh, Dr. Summers, thank you, sir. Oh, and have a safe and healthy day, guys. Thank you, Dr. Summers, it says. God bless him and you and for having him on. Absolutely. No problem whatsoever. Oh, a lot of people texting in oregano, two drops under the tongue. A lot of people swearing by that now. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque.